the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no thoughts control. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Well, welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join the conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Welcome to our show tonight, and glad to have Abigail back in the studio with me as my wonderful co-host. Yeah, a little bit like an Eeyore here saying, good to be here. I know, the and weather. anyone in Minnesota yes. knows why I yeah, say that. We're yeah. going out about day four of no sunshine, and no, <laughs> no more sunshine for about six more days. So oh, we're, all, we're all cozy and tucked away So it's been a warm winter, studio, though. It's so been beautiful from thing. that standpoint. Lots of beautiful snow. Yes, yeah. this is very true. Glass half full. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I'm excited to introduce our guest tonight. Yes. We so we have a fantastic guest here tonight. We have Mr. John Vala with us here in studio to discuss the revised social studies standards that we have chatted about a number of times here on the show. Want to give everyone here an update on what is going on with that. Um, on November 15th, the newly revised draft of the Minnesota K-12 Social Studies Academic Standards were released, kicking off the multi-step administrative law process ahead of their adoption. The draft of the new standards has sparked considerable debate due to the shift to social studies instruction focused on, of course, our favorite word, equity. <laughs> we are lucky enough to have Mr. Vala here with us and staff at Liberty Classical Academy. He is a very experienced history and biblical worldview instructor. We are so glad to have him here in the studio with us. I can rattle off a whole bunch of his credentials, but I, on a personal note, will say that his biggest credential is if you listen to this guy talk long enough, it doesn't matter how many kids you have, how busy you are with work, he will persuade you that yes, I should buy that 800-page book on Winston Churchill. I, I can. History is so important. I'm sure I can find the time to read this book. And that is what happens to me every time I listen to Mr. John Vala. Thank Welcome. You. Thank you. Man, that's an honor right there. Yeah. No, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And we have had you on. You are not um, a new guest to Education America. No. We always enjoy having you on and listening to your expertise. So so we're going to talk a little bit about really what should the goal of social studies standards be, right? We, right. we are going to talk about what the ones are that are being proposed here in Minnesota. But let's start by talking about what is um, or what are the important elements and goals that should be included? Can you kind yeah. of share with us what you think should be included? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, really a social studies education, 
I guess I would boil it down really to three, three things. You know, one of the most important things that we need to teach our students is a fair and an accurate account of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to cover anything up. You know, we can present um, the good and the bad, mm-hmm. but our students need to know the history of, of Western civilization, the history of our country, um, so that they can understand their role in, in what uh, their role and in, in their place in the story. Yeah. Um, and I, I would also say students need to have a lesson in civics, you know, mm-hmm. civics education in this country uh, over the last 40 years has just been slowly and slowly watered down. Mm-hmm. But students need to know the nuts and bolts of how our, our government works, mm-hmm. how it operates, um, and to know what the responsibilities are as, as citizens mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. And along with that, students also need to know not just the nuts and bolts, but understand um, and learn the virtues and the values, um, the habits of a free people. Yeah. Because we count on the next generation understanding they have responsibilities and they need to know what those are. Um, And especially a respect for the individual Mm -hmm. um, and also an understanding of uh, the community that we all have as Americans, a shared history, a shared culture, shared language. Mm -hmm. Um, And so students need to understand just some some of those basic things that allow our democratic republic to work. Yeah. That is so good that you're mentioning also the the importance of the individual. We just finished up a four-part series with a couple of gentlemen from the Victims of Communism Foundation. And in our last show, we talked a lot about collectivism being really the root of communism. And individualism is really a core tenet of Western civilization. And I think that it's very easy for those tentacles of collectivism to really start to take root in our culture. And we're seeing signs of that already. We especially saw signs of that during COVID and the lockdowns and, and just the way the way the whole response was handled was the very collectivist approach. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's great that you're talking about really <coughs> how important that is. Um, and the idea that we need to pass history on to our children so that they don't repeat the mistakes of the past. So with all of that in mind, then what are we seeing with the proposed social studies standards? Yeah. So, you know, going back to those three things I just mentioned, uh, the Minnesota proposed social studies standards do pretty much the opposite. <laughs> um, you know, I can remember when I first got onto this topic, I remember reading the, it was probably the first or the second um, version. And I remember thinking there's, there's no way that this is actually true, especially about the historical um, lacking of historical instruction in these standards. It's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty Mm -hmm. remarkable. There's hardly anything on, you know, pretty monumental things. We're talking about world war one, world war two, ancient Rome, ancient Greece. Um, I mean, we could go down a list mm-hmm. and it's it's mind blowing how little historical content is in these standards. Yeah. It's so vague. And, you know, this is something that I this is why I think it's really important that we talk about what's not in it. Right. Because you can hear these flowery standards that say making sure that everybody feels like they are an important part of society and that they can have a safe learning environment and what have you. But if you even look at the teaching standards now that just were passed by the administrative law judge, if you look at them compared to the ones that were written before, 
what was most conspicuously missing was content knowledge on the part of the teacher. 100%. Which ties in completely with what you're saying about the social studies standards. Yeah, and I, I think probably parents are unaware, I think, of how little even content knowledge is taught to educators now yeah. when they go through a college That's program. That's a good point. It, I mean, I, I, a lot of teachers get out of school and they have very little content knowledge themselves. Mm-hmm. What they've been taught is really how to propagandize Wow. And that's that's what they're doing. It's frightening. It is frightening. Yeah. So we're not seeing historical instruction largely because, yes, the standards, but also because the teachers themselves are not equipped. Wow. What what does that say about our teacher training programs then? Right. I mean, right. does that mean are they are they not teaching the content because they're so busy having to teach all these standards that are required they have an awful lot of boxes they have to yeah that's what i'm just wondering is it just simply that they don't feel like they have time anymore to actually teach the content i I think that's a big part of it i know for me when i went through uh, education program and a pretty good one yeah i did feel like a lot of what i was doing was jumping through a lot of hoops yeah um and I know it's gotten even worse. worse. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I probably some of it's that. I think some of it is intentional, though, too. You know, I, I think there are a lot of people in higher ed, and this is now trickling down into K through 12, that are very interested in making sure that it's propaganda and not content knowledge that's being mm-hmm. uh, taught. Mm-hmm. And it starts start has started in higher ed, and now it's coming down to K through 12. It's very concerning for the future of our country. Um, So as part of the new set of social studies standards, and we have covered this in previous shows, um, they added this infamous ethnic studies fifth strand. And that really takes the whole diversity, equity, and inclusion piece to a whole new level, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so maybe you can talk about that and then also – there's other strands that are still remaining that were there all along, economics, um, history. I'm trying to remember what the other – geography. I don't remember what the other one is. Yeah, citizenship. Citizenship, okay. Mm-hmm. And yet DEI is also embedded in all of those strands. Yeah, so now we have it embedded in all those strands, and we have a fifth strand that is dedicated to DEI, di- yes. diversity, equity, inclusion. Yep. So in other words – What's really being taught then? <laughs> so what is being taught? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you really do boil it down, that fifth strand, that ethnic studies strand is is really what is being taught. Yeah. The other four strands, which have been there for oh, quite a while now, yeah. they are subservient to that ethnic studies strand. Yeah. And so everything, as you read through these standards, everything is geared around um, really giving kids uh, an indoctrination into critical race theory, mm-hmm. um, teaching kids to think about themselves not as an individual, but as a part of, of an ethnic group or an oppressed class, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Um, that's really what all these standards are geared around. Mm-hmm. There's very little in terms of, again, content. It's it's really about this ethnic studies strand. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about how does that actually play out in the classroom, I'm sure some people who are listening to us right now are thinking, well, how long can you talk about that, <laughs> right? We're talking about all year, how many classes the kids take over the course of their experience in education, 13 years. And there's 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 uh, standards starting in kindergarten and they go all the way up. And, you know, I know that we have read and talked about some of them specifically, but how how does this even end up filling their time? Like how much can you talk about it? How do they uh. do this? Well, I, I know because I, I know a lot of educators out there, a lot of veteran teachers, they're so frustrated by this 
they're they're leaving the profession yeah. in, in mm-hmm. large numbers because they they are so um, hamstrung by these standards, mm-hmm. but at the same time they're they're so vague. Yeah. It, I think it it really is a problem for educators to even know, well, what do I do with this? Yeah. Now, if you're a student coming out of school and you've been really fed a lot of this, you probably have some ideas yes. and yeah. you are going to do those yeah. in the classroom. Yeah. But for the veteran educators out there, um, this is really, really hard, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember a few years ago we had uh, a panel. Um, I think it was Catherine Kirsten. And it was a teacher named Linda, who was a science teacher, I believe, in one of the districts um, in in the Twin Cities here. I don't remember who the third person was, but um, I remember this Linda, to your point of the veteran teacher, um, had been teaching biology or chemistry for years. I think it was chemistry. And a successful, excellent teacher. And all of a sudden, she gets a review one year saying, your your curriculum and your teaching is too white. That was the feedback she got. And she says, what do you mean too white? <laughs> like she didn't even know what that meant right. to your point. This is chemistry. Yeah, this is chemistry. <laughs> exactly. Isn't chemistry chemistry? Um, and, and she was really thrown by that. And that was kind of her first foray into this whole notion of DEI really entering into the schools. Right. And, and eventually she... She really was frustrated and thought, I don't even know how I can really keep t- teaching chemistry because they really wanted her to basically revamp the curriculum and make it easier. Yes. That's really what it came down oh. to yeah. is making mm-hmm. it easier yeah. so that anybody could take it and they didn't have to have a lot of homework. And, you know, and so then we wonder, what is the ramification of these things? Well, it's uh, the dumbing down of the whole curriculum for everybody. Absolutely. Yes. I, I get so frustrated by this because you think about this is really a self-fulfilling prophecy. If these students are being taught, you are oppressed and then they go through school. They're not actually held to a high standard. Right. They're not taught excellence. They get out of school. They're not equipped to really function in right. society, get a good job. Yeah. And so then what are they going to conclude? Well, I, I know why this happened. I'm oppressed. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, and, and that's, it is a self-fulfilling that's, that's, so that's a really good point. That's a really good point, John. Well, and equity never moves up, upward. It always, always moves, moves down. down. Yeah. And yeah. we saw that. We've seen that, uh, you know, for people who are paying attention to the news, we've seen that in Loudoun County in the state of Virginia this past few weeks saying, you know, that these administrators purposefully, you know, hid the National Merit Scholars oh, that um, was from the students. Why? Yeah. So that other people wouldn't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Not, not let's, how can we have more success in our school? How can we encourage our students on? Instead, it's that success might hurt other people's feelings. So we are going to equalize mm-hmm. downward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really shocking. Well, we're talking to John Vala. He is a history teacher and um, at Liberty Classical Academy, and we're talking about social studies standards and really just how they've been influenced by the DEI movement, diversity, equity, and inclusion movement. And um, one of the things that I have read in looking at these standards, too, is that they're very activist-based. Um, are you able to comment on that at all, John? And um, yeah, turning them into like little mini activists. Oh yeah, I mean it. One of the, I think the most eye-raising things that you you see as you look through these standards is exactly what you're talking about. Um, 
we're talking about kids as young as kindergarten, first grade, second grade, who are being taught critical race theory, being propagandized, um, and and being taught to think again along these lines of of color, of race, of oppression, um, and again they are being taught these things without any sort of historical understanding, and so the the teacher is there to to fill in all the blanks for them mm-hmm. and they're not being taught the basic understanding of history as as kids have been taught you know forever yeah. and so they are blank slate yes. and so they're getting nothing but propaganda and they have no way no lens to actually critically think through am i actually being taught the truth because they don't have any understanding to really go off of hopefully yeah. they're getting some of that at home right but not everyone is no and so a lot of these kids this is all they get. They don't get the basic facts. They just get a set of propaganda for the purpose of being turned into activists. Yeah, yeah. I know that um, one of the examples of that, the first graders in the standards, six-year-olds are asked to identify examples of, eth- I'm quoting now, identify examples of ethnicity, equality, liberation, and systems of power and use those examples to construct meanings for those terms. This is six-year-olds. I mean, if, if it wasn't real, it would be funny. It would be laughable. Yeah. It is, I know. I mean, literally. What six-year-old is going to even <laughs> have a concept of what many of those words right. even mean? Right. Right? Yeah. And so it, it's just, it's it's tragic, but, it, you know, it's happening. Yeah, it is happening. Um, another example that we can share is fourth graders who are, what, nine or 10 years old, um, are, um, in quotes here, are must explain the role that stereotypes and images, including those that are racist, play in the construction of an individual or group's identity. Identify the implications associated with them and how and why stereotypes have changed over the time. This is this is yeah. for fourth graders. Fourth graders. And so, you know, this kind of brings me back to the whole idea of cognitive development. You know, most educators should be aware that Children are concrete thinkers at these ages. They don't have this ability to think abstractly about these topics. So if that's true, which I have to believe these people who are promoting these types of standards know that that's true, then if they don't have the ability to think abstractly about these things, then really it's even more just becoming indoctrination because then they have to be told well, these are the groups that have typically, and and I am not denying that there has been racism in our country, um, and that needs to continue to be addressed over the course right. of time. But with with this being history and social studies, if you're only going to spend time on this, then they're not learning anything else. And if they're learning it from the perspective that this is the way it was and this is the way it is, these people are oppressed. If you're a white child, then you're an oppressor. If you are a minority child of any sort, whether that be sexual or uh, racial, um, then you are an oppressed person. And they don't have the concrete ability to separate themselves and go, well, wait a minute. I don't, I don't know that that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't question it. Well, most don't adults have don't have the ability to well, question that. Too. I mean, and I, I mean, Sadly. just very frankly, because yeah. we're seeing that over and over this. So what what is the goal? If these if students are not concrete thinkers at this age, what is the goal? They can't understand this. So what's the goal? Well, but what they do know is I want to please my teacher. Yes. And I can oh, tell what goodness. I can tell what the right answer is by who is teaching me this. And I want my teacher to like me. Yeah. You know why? 
because my mom and dad told me to go to school and learn from this person, to be respectful of them and to learn lots and lots. And so they learn very quickly what the right answer is. Mm -hmm. They have no concept to say, well, so that doesn't make sense with slavery because actually there have been people of all different races and ethnicities who have been slaves over the course of time. No one will talk about this. Like you said, John, there's no historical context to, I mean, let's let's talk about reparations. We have a lot of discussion about this, particular in the city of San Francisco, our favorite (laughs) mayor, London Breed, coming up with another fantastic idea. Let's do reparations. (laughs) Not at all talking about, well, so how far back do we go with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are we going to talk about those of us that have, you know, 2% Cherokee blood? Mm-hmm. Are we going to talk about those of us that were brought over from Europeans had slaves that were white? Africans, we were talking about the, the Disney movie, not Disney, the Woman King, about the Dahomey tribe in Africa and how cool that was because Viola Davis, I mean, she's a fantastic actress. Whatever she does, at least her acting abilities are amazing. But what they never talked about about that Dahomey tribe was the whole purpose of that tribe was to enslave other Africans. Well, and, sell and that 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 is the way slavery even occurred yes. out of Africa is that they were enslaving each other and then selling them as well yep. um, to other people groups. And yeah, so and I don't want us to get too far off on that whole thing. But the whole idea here is that these social study standards are dictating what children will learn in school. Yes. And so what you're explaining is really trying to help people understand that there is more to the story. Yes. And isn't the whole idea of school to be uh, it, to be to pro- to provide all those different it should points, be right? the rest <laughs> of the story. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, one of the things coming back the to this story. Yeah, no, coming yeah. back to what we're talking about in terms of content. I, you know, one of the things that blows me away again with with what is lacking here there's barely anything even in these standards about the history of even some of these groups that right. we're talking about. Yes, that's true. And so yeah, if you read these, this doesn't even name them. No, there's no th- yes. nothing about ancient China, nothing about really about Africa, nothing about ancient Middle East or, or in the modern Middle East. I mean, any of these uh, groups that we would consider non-Western, there's barely anything even in there uh, in the content of, of these standards um, about those groups. And so, I mean, there's just, there's just nothing there, yeah. hardly at all. Yeah. They're just empty. They're, They're empty. really empty, They're stan- empty standards. Right. Yeah. And of course, our concern is that then we end up with empty minds. Yes. Right. Because the teachers, whether they're new or whether they're experienced, they're going to fill it with whatever they think they're supposed to fill it with. Empty and, minds are moldable. Yes. And that, Mm-hmm. That is, I yeah. think, the real concern here is where does this lead our country? Where does it lead our students? And, you know, parents who are concerned about this, which we know they are, we're having parents in front of school boards, not just here in Minnesota, and we're talking about Minnesota standards, but this is really happening all across the nation. This isn't unique to Minnesota. And parents are concerned and they're standing up, but is it able to even make a difference if standards like this are being put in place? How do they even push back on that? You even know? good teachers, yeah. their hands are tied. Yeah. You know, they went from fighting with one harm, hand tied behind their back to they really don't have a leg to stand on now. So, you know, parents, please pay attention. Yeah. That even the really good teachers, they are less and less able to have flexibility and, and put real content in your child's lesson plan and, mm-hmm. and think about that. Mm-hmm. Is that really what you want for your child? Right. 
John, can you maybe talk about what you feel is important for people to be able to kind of move forward from this, knowing that this appears to be um, moving through in Minnesota? You know, we never did hear a final outcome of the administrative law judge. Um, he was due to make a decision on it, I believe, in September of last year, September 2021. But I never heard about a decision, though I did hear about the decision of the teacher licensure rules, which basically codifies all of these social studies standards. But um, so it, it appears that these are probably going to go through unless the legislature steps in, which now that there's a <laughs> trifecta, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. Um, so how, where do people go from here? Yeah. What do you suggest parents do? Well, I do think, you know, you mentioned Loudoun County just a, f- a few moments ago, I-, I do think that that is a, a template for for parents all over the country and in Minnesota. You know, this stuff is going to go through unless parents do stand up mm-hmm. and actually do something. And if that means going to your school board, you know, then you need to, or your your yeah, your school board. Uh-huh. That that's what you need to do. Yeah, um, and put public pressure on um, our our superintendents on our school boards on our state legislature, mm-hmm. um, because if the court of public opinion does not shift hard against these standards, right. then they are going to come to fruition yeah. and nothing's going to be done to, to change them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people need to understand they have a voice and they have the ability to put pressure and make these people uncomfortable yeah. because they, they really, they need to, <laughs> they need to understand that this is harmful for mm-hmm. our, our kids mm-hmm. and parents. They are the ones who need to stand up and to say something. Mm-hmm. So I think Loudoun County is a great example of what parents in Minnesota can do here. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great advice. Um, and, and also, you know, I'm going to add just a, a shameless plug for Liberty Classical Academy. Um, I think finding other options too. Mm-hmm. And I think Absolutely. that not everybody can do that. And we realize that. Um, but finding schools where education is valued to the point where, you know, history is taught as history. And like you say, the good and the bad is not just the good, right? Absolutely. We're going to teach the good and the bad. Um, mm-hmm. But people need to really seriously look for alternatives, I think, for their kids and then put pressure on at the same time. You know, I think because public schools are important mm-hmm. to this country. Absolutely. So, well, yeah. and I mean, to parents out there, I know it feels overwhelming and scary. And oh my gosh, the dishwasher needs to be emptied. And there's a lot going on in the day. But here's the thing I mean, these are your kids. Yeah. No one's going to fight harder for them than you. So, you know, look around. The options in education really are growing by the day. There are more and more excellent private schools. Liberty Classical Academy is one of those, but there are a myriad of options out there. Homeschooling has gotten more and more traction. There are more and more support groups if that's a decision that you choose to make, but no one will fight harder for your kids than you. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you are the one doing that, parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there's one blessing that I think we've had over the last few years because of COVID and uh, all the insanity with that, it is that I think parents have become a lot more aware of the alternatives mm-hmm. that are out there mm-hmm. um, and a lot more aware of what's going on. Yes, I think you're right, John. And that is good. And I think just that remembrance that you may have gone through the public schools, but what you received is not what your children are receiving. And I would say that about every subject. Absolutely. And, you know, as you pointed out at the very beginning of the show, if if they're not even learning about World War One, World War Two, I mean, some of the most basic, influential 
um, historical times or, or not times, but events of history and shaping, world shaping events, if they're not learning about those the way you did, think about what that would be like for them to start making decisions um, about their future without that knowledge in the background. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's important for people to keep in mind. Absolutely. Well, we are so thankful, John, that you came and you drove to the studio (laughs) in the wind, in the sleet, in the gloom. And we are so appreciative of that. It was great to have you here. Everyone can listen to this podcast at savetheclassroom.com or at 6 p.m. Saturday nights on AM 1280, The Patriot. Mm -hmm. Have a good night, everyone. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So follow us there. Good night. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.